in five, four, three. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. My name is Charlie Wallace. And I'm Adam Gobeski. And we have uh, two very special guests with us today. We have uh, Paul Wilcox. Great to be here. And then we have uh, making his debut appearance, I, I believe technically anywhere, is our uh, our special guest, George Cloney. <laughs> uh, hello, this is George Cloney. Hi. It's, it's great to be here in this world. Yes. <laughs> So uh, I understand that you are, in fact, a uh, fully grown clone of the actor George Clooney. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm told. Um, I've yet to fully, fully understand what that entirely means. But as uh, as time goes on, I think it starts to sink in. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, like how long you've been around and what the purpose of your well, I guess your existence. I mean, if that's not being too rude about it. Well, you know, I uh, I often wonder the same thing, which I'm told is is good and and a normal part of development <laughs> in uh, in humans. But I've I've been around for about eighteen uh, months now. Oh, okay. So yeah, tell us a little bit about the the creation process. Like, where exactly did you come from? I mean, you showed up today, and we're happy about that, but. Um, so I am, uh, told not to reveal too many, um, specifics about the, uh, precise location of the facility That's where fair. I was, um, I guess brought into being, but, uh, you know, I can, I can tell you that it's, uh, kind of, uh, any, any town USA, uh, biomedical facility that, uh, <laughs> you, you might find anywhere, you know, such as. The Midwest. Terre Haute. Uh, oh, have I said too much? Did I guess too accurately? Uh, like I said, I'm not supposed to say too much, but you know, I, I'm I can't really confirm or deny any uh, speculation. So you came into being a full-grown George Clooney. Do you have his memories or any of his mannerisms? Like, how close are you to George Clooney beyond just the physical appearance, which I, I've heard is pretty startling? There is a period of of uh growth i wasn't just uh copied and immediately full-sized um like i said i'm not i'm not fully up on the science yet (laughs) but i believe it it was a a rapid growth process much similar to a normal human gestation but um in a more prolonged manner into the into the size of a full adult human um and i'm told that i look and and I can confirm from uh, pictures that I look kind of like George Clooney when he was, you know, about 40 years old. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that doesn't uh, mean I'm aging too rapidly or anything. <laughs> Does it appear to have slowed down or are yeah. you going I've, on a pretty I've decent clip? I've stabilized. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've still got some of the salt, salt and pepper, which I think is a little unusual for an 18 month old, but <laughs> um yeah, I'm just happy to be here. So can you tell us a little bit about the uh, the learning process that went into, well, I guess just interacting with people and language skills? You know, just like, what do they do to get you up to speed in basically just 18 months? Because you seem pretty, pretty fully functional as far as I can tell over the 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 whatever internet equivalent of radio is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for 18 months, being on a podcast is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
honestly, it's been it's uh, been a very intensive education process. It took a year of instant, intensive study and immersion to get to kind of this level of language acquisition. Um, but I still have a lot of gaps in uh, knowledge that even probably elementary schoolers would have, just basics of history, science, things like that, because, um, well, there's just sometimes there's just not enough time in the day. What about social skills? Have you had a chance to get outside the facility or is this really your first this is this your first time out? Um, I, I would get out sometimes with the help of um, really, I would I would actually sometimes attempt to um, sneak out of the facility because they they were worried about, you know, exposure to the outside world. But I found myself very curious and uh, sometimes my uh, my very close nanny would help me sneak out of the facility um, don't don't tell anyone about that but oh no uh, she would uh she would you know to take me just to normal stuff that to me was the most amazing thing in the world like you know to get an ice cream cone or to uh visit the local walmart <laughs> just to see what the outside world was like not Meyer. uh you don't have to answer the, that the he's local, trying to whittle down uh, where you're <laughs> he's trying to whittle down where you your facility is located at. <laughs> I know this game. <laughs> You're not supposed to let him know. He's only 18 months old. He doesn't know. I assure you, I've had a. I've. I, they've presented to me a, a large variety of scenarios in which I need to be careful about what I say about. I've probably endangered the job of of uh, my my dear nanny. <laughs> Who I won't I won't say her name, but suffice to say, she's been probably the most important person in my education. Is, is she a dedicated nanny? Are there more clones at this facility that she has to take care of, or do you get you get her all to yourself? Ah, boy, I really I don't think I'm supposed to talk about the other clones, uh, but yeah, I mean, I I uh, got a lot of her time, um, but there were others that she she helped. I won't say who those who those uh, others are, but Paul, did you have any questions for uh, George Cloney? Uh, yeah, <laughs> George. First of all, thanks so much for uh, coming on the show. I know this must be kind of a you know an exciting and sometimes confusing time for you. I was I'm just wondering about uh, if you've actually watched any of uh, George Clooney's movies, or or if that's kind of a surreal experience for you. Well, Paul, uh, I actually I have seen um, several of his movies. It's actually been an integral part of my uh, socialization process, even though obviously you know it, it's not real, but it's been kind of helpful in just sort of accelerating the process of identity, as they they've kind of coined it. My identity as George Cloney. What was your favorite role to see yourself in? I know uh, some of the the big uh, George Clooney fans might uh, laugh at this one, but I really liked my role in in uh, Batman and Robin. Oh, why is that? Uh, I just really like really like Batman. I've, uh, <laughs> That's it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've uh, I haven't really had any exposure to characters like that. It's it's just a really fascinating thing, and it kind of started my love of uh, superheroes 
which I hope to continue to pursue. So uh, you're called George Cloney. Is there must be some reason that you were created? I mean, I don't know. You're asking yourself that, but why George Clooney? Like what? So what I know is, uh, well, I only know what I know, but as do we all. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. That's, <laughs> that's good to know. Thanks. Um, he learned something today. I am learning something every minute. <laughs> and so the goals, overall goals of the mission are threefold. One, to demonstrate and advocate for the uh, safety and effectiveness of human cloning. And also um, to provide the world with uh, someone who looks and sounds. Do I sound like George Clooney? Uh, it sounds like he might have a cold, so that might be affecting things. But okay, I can't. I can't really tell. It's it can be tough. Sure, um, but I'm not sure if I how much I sound like him. <laughs> and uh, I'm actually and also trouble picturing to... mentally picturing how George Clooney sounds now. I've just drawn a blank. <laughs> I'm like, well, ah, what have I seen George Clooney in? I can't come up with anything. It's all blank. <laughs> I can give you some recommendations after the show if you'd like. I uh... <laughs> the only thing that kept coming into my head was "Confessions of a Dangerous Mind." I don't remember anything <laughs> he says in that. I don't know why that's my go-to George Clooney movie. But <laughs> that is that is a good one. Uh, from what I remember, it was kind of kind of early on when I was watching that one. <laughs> also, um, George himself uh, has said that he. He hopes that in some way that I can provide a a way for the unified spirit of George Clooney to uh, live on into posterity, <laughs> which is really just kind of uh, mind blowing for me because while I look like him and sometimes I even feel what I think it feels to be him, and I even have some what I like to call like. I can't tell whether they're dreams that I'm having for the first time or like the remnants of memories. And so I find myself asking George, hey, um, have you ever um, climbed a tree to get away from a bear that suddenly turned into a lion? To which he said, yes. So I know that that one's a real memory. (laughs) Um, Wait, so so George is actually involved with this project, like George Clooney. Uh, he George is one of the Georges involved. Yes. Oh, there's <laughs> multiple Georges. Yes, there are several Georges. Usually, they just go by George, Doctor George, Doctor um, George. There's okay. and where would I send a Christmas card to, to him or her? Uh, Do you know that? I I actually don't know that. Hmm. I might. I uh, has ha, have they ever mentioned any landmarks outside the the facility that might indicate where I could find them on Google Maps, perhaps? No, I I don't really remember anything outside of the uh, outside of the biodome very well, oh. other than Walmart. Hmm. Can I find? So it's a biodome. Let me see if I can find that on Google Earth. You know, and there's there was a there was a sky. There's a blue sky. Do you remember the positions of the constellations in the sky? Oh, it's blue sky. So, hmm. yeah, normally, but sometimes there was there was dark dark sky, night sky. 
the position of the sun at any particular time of day relative to the to true north uh you know i can't i can't say that i recall Hmm, okay Um, well that's something that humans normally pay attention to when they're outside so oh okay i'll uh i'll have to remember to do that thank you (laughs) so you got george clooney you got dr george um any other georges of note that are integral Um, parts of your life there was there was big george um and his and his friend little george (laughs) naturally is wait is the nanny's name george because you said there's a lot of georges uh well yeah i I guess you kind of figured out at least that piece of the puzzle but i you know yeah she, she was george okay as well so maybe if we looked for an area that is very thick with georges you know if there are more people named George than in a typical area of the, the Midwest. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. But why don't you keep giving us more information? Well, there was there was times when I would actually I would actually wonder if any of them were actually named George at all. Oh, so maybe it's just a okay, maybe it's a cover. I I don't know. But now when you're around, when they don't think you're around, do they call each other by any other names? Uh like do you overhear anything? You know, they were I I don't really remember overhearing a lot uh normally in you know in many of my interactions with them and with each other they all called each other George and then uh and then the other part of their name whether it be <laughs> Mr. George or Mrs. George or uh or or Big George or or Little George or uh there was one George that went by George George I think <laughs> Okay. Which I, I was just called him. Uh, it was kind of fun. I call him Two George. <laughs> and he he liked that. So I see your sense of humor is developing pretty well over these last 18 yeah. months. Mm-hmm. And my math skills, too. So George Clooney wants to continue to have Clooney's after he's gone. And not just offspring, but he, he himself specifically. So why did he create a clone that ages so rapidly? You know... I am not sure if that was something that they wanted to do. Or I assume it was just how I they am. could have the, the best Clooney. Oh, yeah, the optimal Clooney. Yeah, the, the best Clooney Clooney. Clooney. <laughs> that, that, that might be it. I might have been uh, engineered to specifically resemble a specific age of Clooney, um, just the frozen-in-time Clooney version. Um, but... I think that how that will work out remains to be seen. Yeah, because you said you were about 40. Yeah. Well, that puts you at about right at the cusp, right? That's like Ocean's Eleven Clooney. Ooh, Pete Clooney. Yeah. Yeah, those, yeah. that's another one of my favorite uh, George Clooney movies. Paul, any other questions for uh, George Clooney? Um, you know, I, I'm, I find myself, uh, I know you can't really say too much, but I'm really curious about this biodome that you uh, speak of. I was one, wondering if you could tell us anything more about uh, what what was inside the biodome, what life was like inside the biodome. Well, uh, well, Paul, I, I can tell you that uh, after being outside of the biodome, that it's like a miniature version of of out here. It's just everything's so much bigger out here, and you have to drive so many more hours for to to get things that you could get just walking of a few feet in the biodome. Do they have copies of biodome in the biodome? 
we we do have a, a copy of the schematics on uh, magnetic tape um, that sometimes I like to watch to see where this uh, biodome came from, which I, I always found really entertaining. What was your favorite part? I think the part where they really accept that they have to live in this biodome um, and just and start and start you know making it a better place, really start uh, becoming a part of biodome life. Um, I think that really helped me with my own acceptance that I was within those walls. And, uh, you know, there was a time I thought, you know, I've, I might never get out, but that day came. And I think what helped was accepting life inside the biodome. Oh. So it's really an inspirational uh, work. I'm glad somebody got something out of that work. <laughs> Documentary of the early biodome. <laughs> All right. Well, did you have anything final you wanted to say to us or to the broader world, Mr. Cloney? Um, I just, I just want to say, just want to say thank you to to everyone listening and everyone not listening for helping me uh, along and being part of this wonderful world that you have. I'm really, really excited um, about all the possibilities with the inspiration of uh, George Clooney's movies and. And also um, the the biodome documentary. I think that I'm gonna I'm gonna get along pretty well in this uh, in this world. All right. Well, thanks, and uh, best of luck to you. All right. Thank thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, geez, Paul, thanks for finding him on the street and bringing him into the show. What a yeah, find! He, he he's a really really interesting guy. Uh, <laughs> really really changed my perspective on some things. <laughs> Like the practicalities of cloning. That is one of them. That is one of them. That's. I'm so happy to have found him. All right. <laughs> I need to decompress for a second. <laughs> That's the most into a character's brain I've ever gotten. <laughs> I got a. Got less jokey than I thought it would. Be. Yeah, I did. I don't know what what like. I just I couldn't couldn't uh, for some reason I just went straight for like the existential crisis, George. <laughs> right. <laughs> so hopefully that's actually entertaining in some way. Oh, I'm some sure it'll depth. cut down. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's yeah. a lot. There's some. There's some jokier highlights. So. <laughs> All right. So I think it's time. Drum roll. <laughs> Once again, our favorite segment. It's time for cruise tips. I'm glad you could be here. What? That's not what we're doing? Oh, okay. <laughs> Is that later? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know the order of the segments. You're waiting for me to introduce it and telling me I'm wrong. No, I was drumming on my microphone and then it fell down and I was trying to fix it. (laughs) It's time for Chipping with Charlie. Hooray! Because I have this bag of chips staring at me. Right. So today's uh, edition is a new flavor of Ruffles called Mozzarella and... Sorry, Mozzarella and Marinara. No. So the back describe says it's the fourth quarter and your home team is getting hungry. Ruffles mozzarella and marinara flavored potato <laughs> chips are here to help you bring home the win. 
<laughs> They're a perfect blend of smooth mozzarella cheese and tiny marinara seasoning that'll never leave you hanging. Grab a bag and get back in the game with this delicious duo of flavor. <laughs> There's a lot of caps on the back. I don't know if you figured that out. <laughs> I've read enough chip bags to just really see that in my mind right now. Oh, what is this nonsense? Chips enlarged to show texture? False advertising. <laughs> you like all your chip pictures to scale? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like I, the window through the bag. Oh, thought I was going to eat a potato chip that was the size of my palm. <laughs> All right, so this is Charlie's favorite kind of chip, the ruffled chip. I'll, uh, I'll lick the seasoning off and if you want plain ones. So, yep, that's a chip fart smell. <laughs> oh, wow. With an extra, like, it's actually marinara. like Really? Ooh. Don't go in that bathroom for a while. <laughs> All right. So I'm looking at the chip. It's got a very light dusting of green. I assume that's the the herbs included in the marinara. It's a little bit of red color. Uh, that's yeah. That's the texture they really want to show you with those uh, those enlarged pictures. Yeah. All right. So. And. Uh, hmm. Uh, this is going to be another jalapeno moment. Let me find one deeper down in the bag. So I'm not getting a lot here. Not getting the flavor in all caps. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess mozzarella and marinara is kind of an understated flavor a bit. I'm definitely getting the mozzarella and a little bit of the marinara, but not as much as I think I wanted. Mm. Like, maybe I should just dip these chips in marinara. Hmm. That would get the required balance. Maybe you could even uh, melt some mozzarella on them. <laughs> Basically just making poutine at that point. <laughs> Team with marinara. <laughs> oh, it's a very inoffensive chip. So you could bring these bring these chips to a party. Not have to yeah, you could too bring much. these to an office party and you'd be fine. Like you could open it up and just dump it in the bowl and people would probably not really even notice. They'd just be like, oh, ruffles. Oh, man, some sort of cheese thing. Okay. So... But Obviously feel- not the best Ruffles flavor. That's still all dressed. But-, mm-hmm. but I feel like you need those sorts of chips, too. You need all sorts of chips. They can't all be bold with a capital B and a capital O and an L and a D. Yeah, and I'm sure Doug will come along later and tell me that I'm wrong. I've <laughs> <laughs> ruined my taste buds at some point. <laughs> you didn't taste all the marinara. It was too much. <laughs> Are there any chip analogs to this anything similar uh i mean the closest is probably just going to be like a cheddar chip or something you know some cheese based chips Mm -hmm. and that's just got like a hint of herbs so nothing too crazy oh okay so it's it mostly has a mild cheese flavor yeah which is sometimes tastes like mozzarella but sometimes just tastes like cheese dusting on a potato chip like the you know just generic do they make cheese flavored potato chips Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I guess Ruffles has the cheddar and sour cream. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, right. That's what I generally think of for cheese potato chips. But this this one's not as strong of flavor as yeah. those. It's like not that not that sharp, tangy cheese. Yeah. yeah, which could probably partly just be the mozzarella, right? That's just yeah, not a sharp, tangy cheese. But would you say do you like it? Um, it's probably not a flavor I would like 
actively seek out, but if someone opened it up and like at a party, someone was like, Oh, here's the chips, right? I'd be like, Oh, okay, I'll take some of those. Okay. Right. So it's probably on par with like for me, like a sour cream and onion or something. Oh. Not really my go to, but you know, I don't hate it. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't turn it away. No. I wouldn't eject it from my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Which I know you have done. I remember that. We recorded it. (laughs) Those nasty Brazilian whatever they were. Pecan. What? Oh boy. That was that was episode seventy five, so you'll probably just have to go listen to that. All right. So I can (laughs) I can expect a review of the Chinese Szechuan chicken and Yep. Yep. Indian tikka masala. masala. And I'm getting a text. That's tzatziki. Oh. Tzatziki, yeah. And then then a bonus southern biscuits and gravy. Episode 75, here I I come. (laughs) All right, you can do your horrifying cruise news. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Is there really more cruise news? (laughs) Yeah. Cue the theme. Do, 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 Cruise news, cruise news, emergency. Cruise news, cruise news, cruise news, cruise news. Do, 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 boom. We actually have cruise tips today actually given to us by Ted Cruz himself via the U.S. Senator Ted Cruz to the Future Combat Coloring Activity Book. Did you actually verify the veracity? I did not. I did not because I, I didn't want to even touch it until the episode. <laughs> so I don't know anything Ooh. about this, but I can tell you Dirty that I hands. I acquired it. I did not buy it from uh, <laughs> one of the little libraries that uh, dot our neighborhood. So I usually look in them, and there's usually you know not much worthwhile in there. But somebody in my neighborhood had this and decided to give it up, or that this is something that other people should experience. So. Uh, the first thing is, a, so yeah, there's a cartoon picture of Ted Cruz on the front who is pointing to a tree growing up out of the ground, out of roots and grass, which are labeled. And the tree has words on it, such as the U.S. Constitution, the Ten Commandments, uh, freedom, lower taxes. <laughs> this tells you what the book's about and a bunch of butterflies flying around. So I knew immediately <laughs> that I had to take this. <laughs> If not only for a podcast segment, but to uh, keep somebody else from <laughs> being exposed to it. So I can't tell initially whether it's genuine or whether it's some sort of um, parody coloring book. So I'm looking at the back uh, right now. I found it on Amazon. Oh, did you? Okay. By the way, you can get a Ted Cruz bobblehead. Oh, okay. Just well, apropos of nothing. <laughs> uh, it's apparently a real thing. Okay. Came out in 2013. The Cruise to the Future book is a nonpartisan, fact-driven view mm. of how Texas Senator Raphael Edward Ted mm. Cruz became a U.S. Senator and details through his quotes and public information his ideas for what he believes will help America grow. Mm. Uh, there is a, uh, a parody coloring book called The Many Hues of Ted Cruz, a crayon erotica parody. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> that may be a different Cruise tips segment but i'm looking in here for anything that uh might be advice from ted cruz sorry would you like to hear the top customer review sure five stars easiest coloring book ever 
This is from 2013. <laughs> I didn't know how well I'd enjoy this book, seeing as how I only have white crayons. But as it turns out, that's the only color required. Magnificent. <laughs> I don't know. One of the leaves coming out of this tree says diversity. So at least there's a leaf that says diversity. I'm not sure if there's any people in here that represent diversity. Ooh, I may have just found the highlight of this book. It there is a picture of Ted Cruz wrestling two snake, no, three snakes. Uh, would you like to take a guess at what words are emblazoned on these snakes? Very, with gigantic fangs, by the way. These look like very poisonous, dangerous snakes. Uh, immigrant? Immigration is one of them. Yes. Whoa. All right. Illegal. Sorry. One. Illegal immigration. Yeah. Okay. Fine. The words are separated by his legs. So. All right. Paul. Um, gun control. No, that's a good guess. Gun rights are one of the leaves coming out of the tree of liberty on the front page. So it's not a bad mm. guess. Keep in mind, this was 2014. Well, I think the book says 2013, but this particular picture says 2014. Mm. Any particular things Ted Cruz may not have been a fan of in 2014. Family guy. <laughs> <laughs> Not on there. There are a few very, uh, a few very uh, non-specific uh, snake words on here, but there's one I think you guys will get if you think about it hard enough. Liberals? No, no. There's something that is fairly liberal, I suppose, considered very liberal. Uh, Cert- certain policy. Secret Muslim. <laughs> Same-sex marriage? No, no, no. That maybe, maybe a a law or series of laws. Twenty thirteen, you said. Yeah, twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen. Mm. Obamacare. Yes, he is fighting. Wow. He is choking a snake that represents <laughs> Obamacare. Its fangs are inches from his face. If only I were making this up. Hello, you're on the podcast. Hello. Welcome. Hey. Can you hear me? Podcast? We can. Yes. They can hear you, but you can't hear them. That's what I was worried about. (laughs) Oh, that makes sense. Hi. How is everybody? Okay, I can't hear them. They're trying to respond. You're cutting them off. Yeah. We are doing, we're doing A-OK. We've, we've met George Cloney and we're talking, talking cruise. It's just another day in in podcast land. Yep. (laughs) Paul, what were you going to say? Oh, you know, I was well, doing pretty that. good. At least. Still on the podcast, so I think I answered my question. You're cutting Paul off. <laughs> the logistics of this are difficult. <laughs> Paul, go ahead and speak. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say that I, I was doing pretty good until we uh, until I started uh, digging into Ted Cruz to the future. Yeah, uh, that'll happen. <laughs> Paul has expressed his souring opinions on life post Ted Cruz coloring book <laughs> that Charlie has introduced to us. Is that Cruz news? Cruise tips. Oh, Cruise tips. Yeah, outdated Cruise tips. Now, the like- suggested book, My Parents Open Carry, that, that looks like a fine literary book. <laughs> <laughs> my Parents Open Carry. Oh, my gosh. All right, would you like to go, Brianne? Podcast. Might not I be bad. No idea what everybody is saying. Right. All right. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye. 
Bye. Okay. Uh, all right. So Obamacare and illegal immigration. Yep. The others were and... high taxes, injustice, oh, yeah. okay. and lawlessness. Injustice. I mean, in general, injustice. The snake of injustice. Huh. And Ted Cruz is stomping on that? He is actually stomping on that, yes. He's not letting oh. it fillet him or something? <laughs> not visibly, no. He's You can almost call him a justice warrior of some kind. <laughs> uh, other highlights here that I see are we learn what a preamble is. So there's okay. actually some useful things in here. There's a whole page devoted to a 21-hour epic speech making DC listen. <laughs> this thing called Obamacare is not working, says Cruz. Luckily, the uh, page itself doesn't go on for 21 hours worth of reading. So, um, And then I think the greatest and probably saddest page that could possibly be in this book. It very, looks very comic book-y. In the upper right-hand corner, it says, Focus on Leadership. In the upper left-hand corner, it says 2016. And it shows a picture of Ted Cruz and his family walking towards the White House. And him turning back to us and giving us a thumbs up. Oh, yeah. So sad. Is he is he going to lick Trump's boots? Is that what's happening? <laughs> well, he's walking on the lawn. I guess that doesn't imply that they're ever going to make it to the White House. And the bottom says, tell the truth. Tell it often. Tell the children. Register trademark. And, of course, you've got stuff. some stuff in here about the Ten Commandments. Top critical review. Three oh. stars. As a woman, I'm not entitled to an opinion. So, no need to comment further. <laughs> but whoever left this book in the uh little library left it completely untainted it's we're free to color whatever page we want there's the activities have not been done and then no coloring has been done oh so i can feel free to regift it to whoever i feel has slighted me and deserves (laughs) here you you take this now Back to the little library with you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it clearly is very genuine and at the same time, pretty horrific and not even handed whatsoever. <laughs> so, you know, about five or six times more entertaining than Ted Cruz himself. <laughs> he certainly provided us with lots of material. <laughs> yeah. And it, it just keep, keeps on coming, even if it's from the past i mean there's even a table of contents for this oh, oh a table of contents for a coloring book yes want to skip a... straight to the snake page <laughs> <laughs> wait page 17 is called ted protects us from the un oh i gotta check this one out <laughs> yeah oh protecting american citizens at the un and in the world court not one of the 50 united states should have to follow an order from an international body Ted Cruz argued before the U.S. Supreme Court, nor should any U.S. president give a presidential directive to a state court or state judges. Raphael Edward Ted Cruz has argued successfully to protect the personal liberties of individuals, as well as protect U.S. states from the International Court of Justice. Is there a citation on successfully? (laughs) Uh, No citations given in this in this book. And they said it was fact based. (laughs) Oh, it does have links to his YouTube channel, his Flickr account, and Google+. Oh. Like, do you have to go to a computer and type them in? 
https colon backslash backslash plus dot google dot com slash one one seven four nine four three three zero two zero eight three three six six four nine five nine slash posts. I think I worked out why Google Plus didn't take <laughs> For all ages, it says in the front. Oh, okay. So the snakes aren't that scary looking. Oh, no, they're horrifying. Oh. I think it would only be fair to put that as the uh, as the uh, the head of the blog post. The Obamacare yeah. snake. Yeah. There was just an article in the paper day saying that Obamacare, or maybe it was on Facebook. No, I think about it, it might have been Vox. But uh, Obamacare apparently doing okay. Despite best efforts, <laughs> like like people still enrolling and stuff. Yeah, surprisingly, oh. yeah. Turns out there are a number of people out there who would rather have health care than not, even if it is problematic in some ways. Well, I think the Republicans have uh, decided to just pretend that it doesn't exist anymore. And that's good enough. Well, they, they've moved on, right? <laughs> yep. I well, still really can... want to talk about this. My parents open carry book, just, just so you know. <laughs> Here in the... Uh, Customers who viewed Ted Cruz to the Future comic coloring activity book also viewed My Parents Open Carry. Here's a little of the description. Come join 13-year-old Brenna Strong along with her mom, Bee, and her dad, Richard, as they spend a typical Saturday running errands and having fun together. What's not so typical is that Brenna's parents lawfully open carry handguns for self-defense. The Strongs join a growing number of families that are standing up for their Second Amendment rights by open carrying and bringing gun ownership out of the closet and into the mainstream. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta take that gun out of the closet. (laughs) It's an R. Kelly coloring book. (laughs) So I pull up my Beretta. (laughs) And I cock my Beretta. (laughs) And I say, tell me Loretta. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I actually discovered that song through the Weird Al parody. Oh, really? In the drive. Oh, <laughs> and because uh, I'm not a big R and B hip hop person, so I don't tend to listen to that stuff too much unless it's like crosses over. But I like watch some of those videos because there's like a huge number of parts to this yeah. song. Right? It's like it's a like, it's like a long it's like a hip hopera, right? Yeah, basically. But just it's very it's very crazy. I'm just like, wow, everybody apparently knows everyone in this thing. Yeah. There, there's it gets, no it gets really absurd. By <laughs> yeah, just like random person on the street. Oh, hey, you know, longtime friend yeah. or enemy or cop who turns out to be sleeping with my wife, girlfriend. I don't remember what the specific but <laughs> Who is also my brother or some, you know, craziness. <laughs> yeah, Kara was, uh, gave me the weirdest look when I said I'd never heard of that before. <laughs> this was years ago. And she's like, all right. So we had to go look it up on YouTube. <laughs> it's just one of those things, yeah, completely passed me by, too. And I was like, this is amazing that I haven't heard of that before. It was pretty crazy impressive. It also made me first eating these chips. You know, as you eat the... As you eat more of the chips, the flavor starts to accumulate, get, a little, get hit a little more with it. Maybe that's the key to, to chip tasting is just excessive consumption. <laughs> you got to let that powder build up. Yeah. yeah. It has to be a real life test as you would really eat chips. Yeah, just buy the handful at a bar. <laughs> but uh, a bar in your friend's basement. 
Uh, Ooh. Oh, okay. Paul Wilcox has shared a photo. It oh, is. is this the uh, relationships of everyone in the in the song? <laughs> yep. It's the trapped in the closet relationship diagram. As you can see, the second strongest link besides Sylvester is actually Pimp Lucius. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wait, so James had a possible affair with Chuck and Rufus? I don't know if I got that far. (laughs) I barely remember it, but I think I got to like chapter 19. I think I only got to chapter like six on YouTube because the version on YouTube, like the last 20 seconds or something are missing. So like the cliffhanger was gone. And then I'd like the next one picked up and I was like, it it was something like crazy had happened where I was like, okay, I have no idea what's going on anymore. (laughs) So much can happen in 20 seconds. No. All right. Well, I guess uh, that photo is going to have to go into the blog. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, but no, listening to the the real one made me appreciate the parody even more. The Weird Al parody because of how mundane the parody is. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> it's basically, I think it's like nine or ten minutes long. Oh, yeah. And it's about like how they're watching TV, but they can't decide what they want to eat. Like, do you want this? No. How about this? No. How about this? No. It goes on for a while. And then they eventually decide to go to the drive-thru. And they're stuck there for a while. And then they order food with, like, special order, like, no onion or, like, extra onions or something like that. And then it, like, turns out he doesn't have money. So he's, like, scrounging because he forgot his credit card in his other pants because he just, you know, this was a last-minute decision. He's still in his PJ pants because he's only going to the drive-thru. Right. And it was just a crazy, <laughs> crazy mundane song. Very well done. Part of me is also sad that I forgot to mention the Spider-Man parody he does when we watch the Spider-Man movie. Oh, yeah. Because he, he basically does for Spider-Man what he did for Phantom Menace, but it's to the tune of Piano Man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. OK. I, I didn't so, know. You know. Yeah. Slain us a web. You're the Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> So many years of Weird Al that I just missed out on. I, I know, right? That's why that's why Nathan Rabin's thing was great because it gave me like an a reason and an excuse to like finally like go track down the albums I'd never bothered with because you know I didn't listen to Weird Al for a while. Which turned out was a, a, a poor a poor choice. Yeah, I missed yeah. out on some good stuff. So, hmm. shall we transition to Punisher? I don't know how one would do that. Sure. From here. Hey, Paul. Yeah. Happy First Contact Day. Oh, yeah. Oh. Today is uh, April 5th, which is the day that First Contact will happen in the Star Trek universe, according to the oh. movie First Contact. What what year was that? 2063. Okay. I only know that because I looked it up because I had to tweet about it. But yeah, I've uh, been watching a couple shows on streaming lately. Uh, so I watched the first season of Star Trek Discovery. Oh, okay. It's through the first season already? Yeah, first season's all available now. And then I've also been watching The Punisher. Although not, I got two episodes of that left. Last I heard, you were kind of slogging through it, right? Or yeah, it's uh, it's a slog. But I don't know if it's not great or if it's just not for me. But it very much just it feels like just about everyone, ex- with the exception of one, maybe two characters, is just awful. Yeah, I mean, but isn't that kind of how The Punisher? works right i mean he's not that great of a guy and everyone he's after isn't that great of a guy and you know more about the comics uh, than i do is there any are there yeah. a lot of redeeming characters in them i i honestly don't know i never really got into punisher which maybe perhaps is part of the problem 
so most of my extent of Punisher knowledge comes from like when he cameos in like other superheroes comics, right? And then like the the movies of which I've only seen the first two, and I only really remember the Dolph Lundgren one. I only remember like a couple things about the Thomas Jane one. So obviously we'll get to that down the road. But yeah, so what I've seen of the Punisher Netflix series is the first episode, which I felt was okay because it seemed pretty self-contained. Like you could just watch that episode and then I don't think necessarily need anything else other than that. But I wasn't compelled to watch anything further after that. Yeah, I don't know that you're missing much, honestly. Because I mean, when Daredevil came out, the first Marvel Netflix series in this group, I it was fantastic. Like it was, it was great to see something like that. And then now I just feel a little bit overwhelmed by the number of series that are there. Like I haven't kept up with them, and I feel like if I'm going to get back into it, the Punisher is not the one that's going to do it for me. Yeah, um, my gym upgraded half the elliptical machine so that now you can log into Netflix while you're on the elliptical. Ooh, that's awesome. And so that's that's how I've been watching Punisher because. It gives me something to do, and it also forces me to stay on the elliptical for like 45, 50, 55 minutes, right? Rather than me getting bored after 25 minutes and going, well, I'm done. Yeah. I'm going to go hit the weight machines for a while and then call it or whatever. So that's the reason I've gotten as far as I have. I don't know. It just it it, it feels a lot like white male power fantasy. Oh. I think the frustrating thing is that like it'll occasionally bring up some interesting topics about you know, uh, soldiers coming back from war, PTSD, how they cope, how they get sort of uh, reintegrated in society. But it never really actually deals with it. Right. It's backdrop. Yeah, it's just more backdrop than I think of, it might be from my perspective, it might have been more interesting to actually try and confront the, the idea of, you know, the 80s Punisher. Right. And then, you know, subsequent Punishers. Right. Which is, I think, in some ways, it is kind of a reflection of that macho 80s action movie style mm-hmm. thing at least as far as i could tell right and maybe like confront that with like more modern sensibilities but the, the show doesn't really seem to want to do that which i guess is fine except that it doesn't really feel like they have much to replace that with i guess so it, it ends up being kind of boring for stretches we're just like okay and they've already used up his origin story arc and was that daredevil season two mm-hmm. yeah so they've already burned through that so i I guess I'd be interested to know what exactly is going on in this season. A spoiler-free explanation. The spoiler-free explanation is that uh, maybe his family weren't... Uh, let me see if I can say this. Maybe the reason his family was killed wasn't as accidental as it initially appeared. I see. Okay. Well, I suppose then, yeah, kind of back back to the well with him avenging his family or whatever, I guess. Yeah. Which I guess is the Punisher, so, you know. Yeah. So, like, there's a there's a female Homeland Security agent who's also like one of the main characters. So I kind of like, even though she does dumb things a lot. It's not like dumb. No one would do that things. It's like dumb. Oh, I can't believe you're so human. You're doing this human thing, right? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's it's not dumb. Like, no one would do that. It's dumb. Like, oh, you're mm. weak or something like that, or you're you're letting your emotions take the best of you, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. So I kind of like her. There's a fellow vet who runs a support group that I also like. He's in the first episode. Uh, African-American guy who uh, served with Frank. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like him, but he's not in it that much. Uh, and then uh, the Punisher picks up, uh, or picks up, gets associated with this other character uh, who I kind of like, even though he's also very frustrating. 
but it's like the two of them sort of navigating together through this conspiracy. It's honestly, uh, unless you need something to watch while you're working out at the gym, I would probably pass on it. Maybe like the first episode and the last episode, although I haven't gotten to the last episode yet. I don't know. But so I've so far I've missed uh, Iron Fist, The Defenders, Jessica Jones season two, and this. So of those things, which one should I watch? Uh, uh, I have, I've only watched the first episode of Jessica Jones season two, so I don't know much about that. Um, it's kind of like, you, you know, you, you get home and you're like, all right, well, let's watch something. It's like, well, am I really equipped to handle the potential depression that Jessica Jones is going to mm, yeah. throw at me? Or should we just, you know, watch Seinfeld instead? <laughs> <laughs> Seinfeld has been winning out recently. Um, Iron Fist is okay. But it's got some problems, too. It's almost like what you need is like a, a fan re-edit of Iron Fist of like the important bits that would be like, you know, an hour or two long. And like uh, that's all you had to see. Yeah. That might be the best thing because there is some cool stuff in there, but there's also some really awful stuff in there. Uh, Defenders is OK. It helps that it's like five episodes shorter than a regular season. Oh, OK. Uh, I think Defenders kind of suffers from the fact that it's trying to wrap up the parts of Iron Fist and Daredevil season two that were actually for me, at least probably the least interesting parts of those seasons, Hmm. the stuff all about the hand and whatnot, right? Where you're just like, okay, I guess, right. It's like, if you do Daredevil, well, you have to do a lecture, right? But if you do a lecture, then you have to do the hand and then immediately you're just like, well, okay. (laughs) Uh, so I would probably say, yeah, see if you could find like a a fan re-edit of Iron Fist or maybe read a description or maybe there's a list somewhere of like, these are the episodes you have to watch. And there will be like three and that's it. Uh, Defenders was okay. I didn't mind defenders. Uh, Punisher. I'd probably just skip entirely. And then, yeah, I don't know about Jessica Jones too. Hmm. Okay. Star Trek discovery though. I can tell you about that. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. It, uh, it exists. It's a show (laughs) (laughs) on CBS. Correct. (laughs) CBS all access. Yep. Hmm. So I binged through it in, uh, I think, like four or five days before my free trial expired. Oh, wow. By, okay. By the way, the uh, yeah, there was like 15 episodes, I think. The, uh, the CBS All Access app on the Xbox is garbage. Like, that's trash. Like, if I were paying for this service, I would be so angry. Like, when I canceled my subscription, like, they said, oh, you know, we're sorry to see you go. What's the reason? And I tried to type the Xbox app as crap. But then, like, it just, like, auto-loaded the, the, your cleared screen without actually accepting the feedback. So, you know, mm. good job. <laughs> like, the most common problem. So, first of all, CBS All Access uh, plays ads. Oh. Uh, it, you're paying for the service, but it still shows you advertisements. Mm. I think you can pay more to have fewer advertisements or something. Oh, more to have oh, but fewer. but not have done. <laughs> yeah. If an ad would start playing... More than half the time, you would only get the audio, not the visual. And then that would continue into the main show. So you would have to close out of the app and then go back in and then hope that this was going to be the time where it worked. Yikes. Yeah. Although then when it did work, it would get to ad breaks and then just skip the ad break and just start up the show again. So that was, again, I think working against how they want it to work. So I think from both a user perspective and their perspective, that app is garbage and they should fix it. (laughs) Jeez. I mean, I realize there's probably not a lot of uh, 55 year old women 
using Xboxes to watch Young Sheldon on uh, CBS All Access. <laughs> uh, the show itself, I th- I'm conflicted. I think overall, I more or less enjoyed it. And I think if I had never seen any Star Trek before or known anything about Star Trek, I would have liked it more. But I think knowing things about Star Trek, the fact that this is supposed to be a prequel, well, sort of. It's supposed to be happening roughly the same time that Christopher Pike is out with Spock on the Enterprise. So, you know, during like the cage, like that time period. And so because, you know, it's a drama, so they have to have like big, you know, dramatic things happen. And every time I'm like, well, why does this never come up ever again? in like the original series or even like later on or stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it turned out that I didn't think it would be a problem, but apparently the fan part of my head, like the was just constantly just like, how is this work? What, <laughs> what, what, what? So that made me not enjoy it <laughs> as I would have. Uh, I think the other main problem is that there's not actually any good reason for this to be a prequel. Like they don't, do base barely anything with it, right? It's not like they're reducing the technology down right now. It still looks pretty high tech. It's not like they're really using the characters from the older stuff. Like Sarek comes up. That's not a spoiler because he's in the pilot. Sarek comes up and then there's like a Kirk era villain that shows up, but they don't really do anything like interesting with them. And occasionally they do things with those characters that you're just like, whoa, that's completely out of character. For this person hmm. right oh. so i think it would have been much better if they had said it like after nemesis and i think it would actually make more sense there and they could just have like okay here's a new thing going right and that would stop all the questions about like well wait if this was the case why doesn't this ever come up subsequently right like like big things that happen in the star trek universe right not things where you're just like oh every it's fine it's only a small corner of the galaxy or something like that's like no like big events hmm. And I absolutely hate the new Klingons, both the way they look and behave. But despite all like that fan stuff, I think overall I enjoyed it. And I think the story they were telling in general was pretty interesting, even if I have this worry that if I think about it too hard, it would just start to like collapse. But, <laughs> but I was certainly entertained while I watched it, minus the fan voice in my head. So <laughs> I think what happened is they got this story to tell. And the initial, initial, initial plan for Discovery, it sounded like, was to do an anthology sort of show, kind of like American Horror Story, where each season would be like its own thing. Oh, that's a great idea. And they were going to and they were going to like have a season. OK, here's the prequel era. Now, here's, you know, in between the movies and Next Generation. Now, here's post nemesis, right? As seasons went down the line. I think that was going to be the plan at some point. And like, here's the various adventures of the starship called Discovery or something like that. And then they sort of said, well, let's see how season one does before we commit to this anthology thing. And then I think it sort of turned into the sunk cost thing, right? Of just like, well, this is when we're setting it. So why would we move it? Yeah, mm. that's too bad. That actually sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think because it was a kind of a flagship thing for the CBS streaming thing, they were probably trying to play it a little safe rather than, you know, immediately out the gate of just like, oh, we've got this, you know, ambitious seven year plan or whatever for a streaming service that we don't know will last that long. <laughs> yeah. Right. That may just turn into the next Yahoo screen. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so. Well, anyway, I think that about wraps it up for this edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. Um, very special thanks to our um, exemplary guest, Paul Wilcox. 
Thank you. It's uh, it's been a pleasure. And um, I guess George Clooney showed up at the beginning too, as we recall. You guess short George Clooney showed up. <laughs> was I think that's what George Clooney would rough. say is that he guess he showed, showed up. What does showing up really mean anyway? Yeah, man. <laughs> that's the George Clooney I know. Yeah. <laughs> He's just gonna be out. He's just gonna watch Biodome again. <laughs> I bet he Ponder, watches it every day. Ponder life while he watches it. Kind of like Hart watches uh, Jungle to Jungle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's amazing yeah. where the uh, the influences that people can pick up <laughs> from the most unlikely of places. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, for another edition of the Go Basketball Report, my name is Charlie Wallace. I'm Adam Gobeski. And remember, underneath the tree of liberty, there is grass and roots, and it's written out. Grasses and weed? I guess so. It's the word grass. Like, the rest rest of the stuff out there is like opportunity, inclusion, free enterprise. And underneath the tree, it's just the word grass. And I don't know what that represents or whether... I think that represents free weed. <laughs> a little something more concrete for the for the kids. <laughs> this is more of a Rand Paul sort of a coloring book, I think. What's that saying about a libertarian as a Republican who likes weed? <laughs> <laughs> That's our show. Thanks for listening. We hope you check us out. Don't forget you can visit our website at www.gobeskywallacereport.com. Also, we're on Facebook and Twitter, so make sure to look for us there for extra entertaining bits. You will be entertained. Possibly. Wait, so you're definitely entertained, but only possibly entertained. Well, I don't want to get sued for false advertising. (laughs) George, first of all, thanks so much for uh, coming on the show. I know this must be kind of a you know an exciting and sometimes confusing time for you. I was I'm just wondering about uh, if you've actually watched any of uh, George Clooney's movies, or or if that's kind of a surreal experience for you. Well, uh, well, Paul. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this is basically just happening exactly how I pictured it. As <laughs> I feel like, I feel actually insane now. <laughs> Just think like you're a voice artist. Yeah. This is this is part of Adam's other ploy, which is to uh, get the podcast started and then not have to say anything for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> well, I just uh, we can just so get Paul talk. to talk to himself. <laughs> well, real talk, you know, listening to some of the last few ones, I feel like I talk too much. So, oh, okay. <laughs> Having Paul talk more is an easy way to fix that. <laughs> See how much we can use. <laughs> oh, all right.